Welcome to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. At EPLA, we seek to support women and families suffering early pregnancy loss by providing resources, education, and community. It is our vision that no one suffers miscarriage alone. I'm EPLA's Executive Director, Emily Carrington. And I'm Maria Servold, our Board President. Today we have with us Kathy Peterson, who has had a long career in the medical field, ranging from working in labor and delivery to IT at the hospital and now in a pediatrician's office. So, Kathy, welcome. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history in the medical field? Sure. Thank you for having me. I graduated from nursing school in 1996 and started uh, working right right at that time. So I've done about 25 years in OB, uh, labor and delivery, and NICU nursery. And then I did do about five years in IT before I went back to school and got my nurse practitioner license. Mm-hmm. And now I work at a pediatric place and, and see kids mm-hmm. and babies of all ages. So just lots of experience mm-hmm. delivering babies and and being being there for moms. And mm-hmm. so. so I presume miscarriage is something you've seen in your career. How is it something you saw a lot while in the labor and delivery unit? Because I know we've talked about a lot about how women often end up just in the emergency room. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about what happens or how do people end up in a labor and delivery unit as opposed to an emergency room? Right. So most of the time, if you are under 20 weeks, you're going through the ER. And so 20 weeks is kind of that that threshold for coming to OB and being seen in, in the labor and delivery. And, and at that point, the baby is large enough where you're going to have to do like mm-hmm. a, um, a regular labor and delivery. Right. So I don't have a ton of experience with, you know, women who are under that mm-hmm. 20 weeks, except for my own experience. And then those of my friends mm-hmm. who have been there and done that. So over 20 weeks, that's, it, it is definitely difficult, much. Feels like a real birth. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, mean, I don't want right. to say that, right. you know, you don't right. want to minimize anybody under 20 weeks, mm-hmm. but definitely you go through the pain of childbirth and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is a different experience than, than an early, early loss. Right. So. How would you say sort of in your in your 25 years what that relationship though was was and is between sort of the ER and the OB and how how have you seen sort of pregnancy loss care develop or change over the last 25 mm-hmm. years well i will say that since this group has come to the hospital ER is much more aware and has done a much better job because Certainly the OB nurses know how to do this, mm-hmm, right? right? So and and we're much more aware and not to say anything for the ER nurses, but uh, you know, we're much more aware of that that loss and, right. and what that actually means. Mm-hmm. So I would say the ER would call us often mm. if you know, especially if they have anybody who's pregnant, the ER doesn't doesn't really like to do that. Right. <laughs> right. right. They're either going to ship them down to OB very quickly yeah. or um, ship them out. So mm-hmm. they don't like to do that. But we would often go up there and help or they, you know, would need supplies or and a lot of times we would go up there. We had a great bereavement program. Mm-hmm. So when we would have a patient in the emergency room who had an early loss, we would go up there and 
get the baby, do the molds, do some mm. of those things, the footprints, mm-hmm. and put together one of those memory boxes that that we always do on OB. Mm. But a lot of times we didn't know. Right. And so oh. patients yeah. would come and, and we wouldn't know that they had a loss. Mm. And so I think your awareness group has been really, really good at, you know, having having some of those informational things for those nurses so that they would let us know so that we could give support. I think that's one of the biggest challenges and sort of and conversations we've had over the last five years. We talked to all these OB nurses who are like so enthusiastic for us and then say, you know, but they're not in our unit. They're Mm -hmm. not they're not on our floor. Right. You know, it's these later losses. Mm -hmm. And and I've seen, you know, understanding sort of the history of pregnancy loss care, at least the way I understand it, is that the OB unit sort of led the way with real with this bereavement care mm-hmm. that especially these later losses and and that there was a lot of change years ago that came with ways to you know tend to loss and miscarriage is sort of on the tails of that mm-hmm. but then as we realize like it's it's not the same people mm-hmm. right um, so so right. making that connection and relationship with the the OB unit. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital. Was all of your experience at the hospital or have you worked for an OB doctor or was it just on a, a labor and delivery? I've only done hospital. Yes. Mm. I've only done in hospital until I took this job mm-hmm. recently. So mm-hmm. I worked in Grand Rapids and um, NICU nursery and we saw a lot of loss there too, mm-hmm. especially NICU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, but not the early. Again, not right, right. some of those babies were early, you know, 23 weeks or so, mm-hmm. but not, not anything be- below 19 weeks mm-hmm. or 20 weeks. So, right. And that's, right. it's a different, it's a different experience. Right. So, well, yeah, my loss was nine weeks. So I was only in the ER and I don't think they alerted labor and delivery at least the first time I went in. Um, and then I had to go back later and have a DNC. So at that point, the OB was involved. But yeah, that first time it sort of felt just like, and this was, I don't even know, 11 years ago, 12 years ago. It, it sort of felt like they were trying to figure out what to do with me, you know? <laughs> right. And I know it's improved a lot since then. And I think partly because we were there with like, here's what to say and to do. And here's a thing to give them. And, you yes. know. The folders. Yeah. yeah. The folders yes. have been huge. Yeah. Um, and the little educational piece that we did for yes. the ER nurses was yeah. huge. Yeah. You know, but managers change and, mm-hmm. you know, staffing changes. And so it would yeah. be good to keep that on the forefront yes. for yeah. those ER nurses as well. Well, and I think, you know, for our listeners, this is a conversation. I think every sort of pregnancy loss group and OB nurse has had. <laughs> like we, we we go around this, you know, so there's there's a lot of groups like ours out there trying to make these changes and do those things. So I think it's great to talk about a little, like you said, uh, the education, the mm-hmm. lunch and learn we did. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, what are ways that we can keep reaching the hospital, bringing, bringing that mm-hmm. communication together. I know when we first launched our miscarriage care kits, you know, I launched them. Well, Kathy actually helped us develop our yeah. folders with <laughs> all the information. <laughs> yes. All the information, all the, all the definitions that we still use, you know, but my initial thought was like, we'll make these available in labor and delivery. And obviously that's not I where they're going to be dist- mm-hmm. distributed. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm not even quite sure that I have a, have a question from here. I, but... I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> One thing we talk about a lot just on our blog and on our podcast and, and things we do is how the overall conversation about miscarriage in the world at large has shifted even over the last like five years since we started. It sort of felt like at first we were one of a smaller number of people sort of shouting into the darkness of the internet about this is the thing that happens. Mm -hmm. It's okay to talk about it if you want to. It's more common than you think it is, right? And so from your experience, is that something you've seen, that shift in converse of, of the public conversation? I definitely feel that way. Well, in general, people are more comfortable talking about themselves. I think, you know, social media and all of that, people are just more comfortable sharing. Mm -hmm. And that used to be so private, such a private conversation and um, not something that you shared. But of course, when you find out when when it happens to you, you find out yeah. how many people that's actually happened to. Like right. if, if you share your story, right. other people are like, OK, yes, yeah. I had I had one, too. And so I do I do feel like people talk about it much more openly, much more frequently. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are more resources for people now. Mm -hmm which is great. And so I, I do feel like it's a conversation that happens much more often than mm -hmm. it used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as much as I get annoyed by celebrities saying everything that they feel like they need to say all the time, <laughs> it has been sort of helpful, I think, to have big figures out there saying, yeah, it happened to me. Because then it's, you know, everyone else is like, oh, she's willing to talk about it. I can talk about it. Right. right? Yes. Well, and I think, too, I mean, as we We've talked a lot about our own experiences and our own awareness of miscarriage personally. I was obviously aware it could happen, but then then when it did, all of these words, you know, one thing we think is really important, especially with that educational piece, is to give women the information mm -hmm. and education. And I remember, you know. To avoid Dr. Google. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> right. a bad place. Yeah, it is. A... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so like, and I think that I, I knew miscarriage could happen. I was actually really sort of anxious, really anxious that it was going to happen. Mm. Other people I know have said like, it wasn't even yeah, a thought like that it yeah. could even happen or I didn't realize how common it was. Kathy, you, you mentioned your own experience with a miscarriage you know, and as a medical professional, uh, how did that, how did that sort of mm. fit together in your brain? Mm -hmm. Or d does that question make sense? It does. So, or was there attention? Yeah. Right. So I actually, it makes me laugh now as a, as an experienced medical mm -hmm. professional, mm -hmm. right? There how many things I did incorrectly mm. <laughs> then, right? So I had already had one baby. Mm. And so I it was not on my forefront of mm. my mind at all. I'd already had one one pregnancy, one you know, delivery, mm -hmm. fine. Everything was great, healthy baby. So I was not expecting a miscarriage, but I had gotten pregnant pretty quickly after mm. I had Martin. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And I wasn't expecting it. Mm. I went had gone in at 10 weeks couldn't hear the heartbeat. They were like, oh, you're pretty early. Let's just, you know, have mm -hmm. you come back four weeks from now. And, you know, at that point, the baby was still mm -hmm. gone. So it was so early. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I didn't know my options. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I just was not, I wasn't experienced enough as a nurse. But you was, already were a nurse. I already was okay. a nurse. Okay, that's But they don't teach you that in school. Mm -hmm. You know, you have one section of right. OB, we didn't have a lot of experience like, you know, we did deliveries. Mm -hmm. But again, you're not seeing 
miscarriages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I didn't have any practical experience with that. Any book knowledge that I had is pretty basic mm-hmm. uh, from that. And so I didn't have any experience and, and I was not experienced as a mom. And so here I am like trying to figure this out and what my options were and all of that. And my mm-hmm. doctor was pretty hands off. He was like, okay, you know, your best option is just to let the baby pass naturally. And it took like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, seriously, are we yes. still like, I'm still doing this, right? <laughs> yeah. and so, oh, and what and, a sad long time to long time. know that. Yeah. Yes. And so, and then people knew mm-hmm. that I had been pregnant. Mm. And then when they ask you questions, yeah, that's such an awkward conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, or, or you know, I, don't, I didn't want to make people feel badly. Right. You know, so it was right. interesting. And that's a thing I think that I think has changed some is that conversation, you know, like it's still painful, of course, but I do think more people are more, I don't know, you know, used to hearing about it or something. I don't know that maybe the response wouldn't be like, Oh, I don't know what to say or do, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. And from a nursing standpoint, like when I'm, when I'm at the hospital and I'm helping someone or I've helped a friend Mm -hmm. pass a miscarriage, I have stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's different. It's Mm -hmm. different than just being there. So there's always something that I'm doing or helping with or, mm-hmm. you know. Well, so and I, I, you you started to touch on something too here where we've talked about not having the education, Dr. Google, mm-hmm. and then not knowing your options and then this not being prepared I mm-hmm. was a big mm-hmm. experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I had already had a miscarriage and I had a DNC and then I decided to my second miscarriage to to wait naturally and um i was not prepared not prepared i would <laughs> second yeah. that Physically i was not prepared yeah yeah which no. is why we developed those those our big kits for miscarriage at home with a bunch of physical supplies that you're going to need that you may be like yes. am i going to need this but yes you know, yeah yes and and even to the point where like when i passed the baby mm-hmm. i didn't know Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I so either. now I feel terrible yeah, about that. Same, like, as, same. You no. Know, like I like. <laughs> I, I feel horrible. Yeah. Like I should have done something. Yeah. I, you know, but yeah. I didn't know. I didn't either. I felt it's same thing. Yes. And yeah, now we have in the big kits these smaller kits that we get from a great other nonprofit called Heaven's Gain, and it's like a little strainer and a preservation kit for the baby's body. And so if you're able to retrieve, which you know not everyone is, and that's okay. But if you are able to, there's a way to preserve it until you're able to. Well, yes. yeah, and I, I was able to find tissue. It no longer looked like a baby, but it went in a lunchbox in my freezer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just not prepared. Yeah. And then the lunchbox went off to my doctor. We were opting to do testing, and then I, you know, I've lost. I never got the lunchbox back. Mm-hmm. I didn't really right. want the lunchbox. Yes. <laughs> It's a weird thing to think about. It is. It is. But I do feel badly about that. I feel like I, why why didn't I know? Mm -hmm. Or why didn't I think about that? Mm -hmm. I should have looked for it, looked for tissue or looked for a baby. And so like those that I've been able to help since then, that's important. Well, and I think information wise, when I had my DNC, I was really bothered about the body. And I, I asked my OB. And he told me uh, to not worry about it. It would be medical waste. And I was young. (laughs) It was my first pregnancy and I was covered in grief. So I was like, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, 
it was not going to come out. I, I don't think that um, the DNC was the proper and safe thing that I needed in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, I want mm-hmm. to repeat mm-hmm. that clearly. It was not the DNC that was the problem. And I understand that a six, seven week mm-hmm. fetus is not going to come out of a DNC looking like mm-hmm. a baby. Right. But that doesn't mean that that tissue that once was a body yeah. wasn't wasn't special somehow mm-hmm. was right. wasn't just medical right. waste yes. right yeah so now when we have when people request kits if they don't know we always say do you, you know do you want the small one or the big one and we can get the big one to people we overnight it to them and we've been able to overnight it around the country in time for people which is great and locally also it's easier but that has been i think a big thing for us to be able to help people in that sort of crisis moment so in your job currently at the pediatric office, is this does this come up some or I mean, I presume it's more just like with in talking to parents. I don't know. Is it I'm just sort of curious? Not very often. OK, not very often. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, if we know they're pregnant and have a miscarriage, we would certainly address that. Mm-hmm. Or we talk about, you know, what baby is this for you? And that mm-hmm. and that's that's a hard conversation, too, mm-hmm. because I think people don't know how to answer that. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. They want they want to say, well, I have eight kids but you know i have two living children or yeah. you know and that's a hard mm-hmm. conversation yep as well and you just don't know how to answer that you know right well in the medic in the medical field don't they record the numbers like they record both those numbers like how Correct. many pregnancies and how many live births, live births. yes and so you may not and some people just may not think of even including them but then others it's like well, well you know of course i include them for years <laughs> this is funny because someone just asked me casually how many kids I have today and I casually responded to and thought nothing of it Mm -hmm. and years ago even you know my oldest is six or will be six next week so even as little as four or five years ago it really bothered me how Mm. many kids do you have and I'd want to say well I should have (laughs) right Right. and and it's interesting you know I'd want to say and then I felt like I felt like there was this transition period where I was forsaking mm-hmm. the other three mm-hmm. if I didn't include them in that number. And now it's interesting. I just realized today, like I said, I said mm-hmm. two with mm-hmm. no with no guilt. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean I have forgotten the other three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's different sensitive times and different people feel sensitive mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's a difference, too, if you're having a casual conversation with yeah. somebody and they ask you how many children you have. Yeah. And, right. you know, yeah. and I say eight. Yeah. Right. I don't include I don't include the, you know, the, uh, the miscarried baby. I don't. But, you know, and eight it, is already a it, big already number. A big number. <laughs> that, that usually shocks them right there. They're like, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, but I am including the one we adopted. And mm-hmm. that's also, an, you know, not the same con- kind of conversation. So. You know, I don't know. I mean, you ha- it's mm-hmm. it depends. If you're having a deep conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and you get to that, yeah, yeah, you can absolutely yeah. say, you know, I've had three miscarriages yeah. or I've had one miscarriage, and you know, right. Well, I feel like I, I mean, I hard, I never talked about mine because it was also my first pregnancy, which then just made me feel like I would never have a child. But mm-hmm. um, and that's probably how you feel too. But I don't think I really talked about it with anyone ever and like till you came along and we started this conversation, you know, because you were open about it. So thank you. <laughs> and then I sort of felt like, yeah, me too. Like I had to whisper it. And now I've gotten over that. But but it's interesting. It was not it didn't. I felt weird saying it until 
more recently. You know who but... talks about it the most at our house is my other kids. Oh, wow. Like, you know, like they will, if if you tell your, I mean, have mm-hmm. you talked about it with your kids? I think so. At least. So maybe your kids Evelyn. are younger. So yeah, but, they are. but yeah. even when my kids were younger, I feel like they always knew like, oh, you know, it would be so interesting if we, and we named her Eve, right? Mm-hmm. So if we had Eve, if Eve was here, but then Shannon wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So like, right. like they process that. Yep. Like, and kids are so willing to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, because they so innocently will say stuff. Yeah. And they just talked about it just so naturally that you're like, oh, okay. Like yeah. they talk about this. I, I could probably talk about this. Right. My, right. So. my oldest, she, I, I love their imagination. I love the mm-hmm. way they, you know, she know she knows and. Um, I don't know that my youngest knows, but she might, but she, I don't know what she knows. She's almost three, but, um, I love the way we know at least one of the losses was a boy. So, so we don't have a name, but she'll talk about her brother and he's Mm. sort of eternally a baby. Um, and you know, she'll ask me on the how, now I don't know when they were still both in the stroller. She was like, when we get to heaven, like there's only two seats in the stroller where oh, we put my brother. That's so you know? sweet. <laughs> just like I trying that. to, yeah. to right. work all of that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, and so yeah. sort of hopefully and joyfully. Mm-hmm. And like to her, it's not sad that we have this little boy waiting for us in heaven. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Right. What we yeah. haven't met. You yeah. know? So right. Right. I I think that's and I think talking about it, you know, you make me feel a little better the underprepared even as a medical professional mm-hmm. was it something you felt like you could tell your coworkers at the time or let's see i think it happened before i started working in grand rapids but after i finished in detroit so it was mm-hmm. kind of in this like in between time mm-hmm. and so i think i did like once i got pregnant again mm-hmm. then i was and and i think even for me like once i once i became pregnant again I was so much more comfortable talking about the loss mm. because mm-hmm. I knew I could do it again. Mm. I don't know. There, yeah. you know, yeah. I had had one one baby, had the loss. When I was pregnant again, I felt like, okay, I I can talk about this. And mm. so I did mm-hmm. talk to my coworkers about that. And a lot of times I remember saying, man, if I had known then what I know now, I would have mm-hmm. done things so differently. Mm-hmm. You know, just even the even the labor part of it but mm-hmm. like you know everything every part of it i i i mismanage it for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> right so and now i know yeah. so much more yeah so right well and that's sort of like our goal it's just to help people know <laughs> so that they can you know know what to ask for too that's another thing because yeah i felt like with mine it was like did i do something wrong or what am i supposed to do or you know like i remember in the er the doctor who was there like i forgot to say like during all the intake and stuff i have a blood clotting hereditary thing i forgot to mention it until like a ways into the time being with the er doctor and i was like oh i forgot about this is that important to say and he gave me this look like yeah dummy of course you should have said that sooner i was like i'm sorry (laughs) but i was a mess already you know it's like it wasn't in my so you know just knowing what sort of how to advocate for yourself and what kinds of things to ask about and what kinds of things to ask for well and again sort of permission to muddle through it you know we had a we had guests back in january they were both uh emts and and then they were married couple and 
it was interesting in talking to them as she was hemorrhaging, sort of he went into just EMT mm-hmm. mode, right. you know, like yeah. for, versus, you know, and then like communicating with the other EMTs who were the ones they work with and communicating mm-hmm. with the hospital and sort of I think that's interesting. You know, and I had asked him, you know, were you in EMT or husband mode? And he said, oh, you know, totally just emergency professional. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to rescue her. But even then, like, I think it's interesting just how our brains work, mm-hmm. you know, that information can give us a lot, but it doesn't. It's a traumatic, awful situation no matter what. Mm-hmm. It is. So right. It is. Right. Right. Yeah. So is there anything else that you'd like to share about your medical journey and miscarriage? <laughs> well, let's see. So I feel like my own experience having a miscarriage, but then also with my nursing experience has mm-hmm. put me in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's just such a, it's such an interesting thing where, you know, you're not expecting it, but then you end up being there for mm-hmm. someone who is going through that. And then you know, I've had that experience. And mm-hmm. then I can also help on the medical side. And so yes. it's just, I don't know, one of those things where you feel like God puts you in the right place at the right mm-hmm. time. And so that yeah. has happened multiple times yes. over the years. And yes. so I don't know. Yeah. It just, you know. There was some nurse who, when I was in the ER, who was not the one, like the main one taking care of me, but I was in the hallway just like bawling, <laughs> going back and forth to the ER bathroom. And she just like gave me this big hug. And made me feel so safe. And I don't know her name. Like, I don't know if I'll ever see her again. But she just, like, made it all better. You know, Mm -hmm. just as much as she could. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that she'd experienced on her own. But the way she was comforting me seemed like she might have. Like, she really, I didn't, you know, felt what I was feeling. So... Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Hope Blooms, a podcast from the Early Pregnancy Loss Association. To learn more about how we and you can support women suffering early pregnancy loss, visit our website at miscarriagecare.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening.